أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد We continue uh, the recounting of the Mubarak Sirah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and thereby through saying Salat and Salam on his blessed name and remembering and recounting and bringing into our hearts some snapshot or picture of the Ahwal and the states that he went through Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam imperfect and uh, uh, slight as they may be we uh, gain some of the light and some of the nur that Allah Ta'ala sent through him Alayhi Salatu Wasallam so we continue uh, with the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who waited in Makkah Mukarramah uh, in anticipation for the command of Allah Ta'ala giving him permission to make hijrah and to uh, immigrate from Makkah Mukarramah to Medina Munawwara and in that anticipation spending his nights and his days in the worship of Allah Ta'ala. So there's a, there's a term that they coined in English uh, in the United States which is immigration with an I. Uh, uh, generally in continental Europe uh, and European English, they write immigration with an E. Uh, the idea is that no one would ever leave their home uh, except for because they're not able to stay, because the circumstances are so constrained and straightened in their home that they have to leave. So in the United States, uh, uh, they, they changed the E to an I and said that immigration to this place is such that uh, people don't need to have bad circumstances back home. Anyone would want to come to this place, not because of how bad their home is, but because of how good things are over here. And uh, oftentimes the immigration of the Prophet ﷺ, in the books they write it with an E, and perhaps the vahir, the outward form of it is that. But the batin, the inward reality is that it was with an I, that Allah Ta'ala had prepared for the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, something better in Medina Munawwara than he would have ever had in Makkah Mukarramah. And uh, it is the qadr of Allah Ta'ala, and it's a point of aqidah that the qadr of Allah Ta'ala, his choice for us, is better than our choice for ourselves. And those people who are dyed bright in the color of iman, with every decision and choice Allah Ta'ala makes for them, they, they rejoice. Uh, so meanwhile, the kuffar are hatching their plots of vengeance without respite. Their persecution of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, continued unabated, but he endured all the hardships with great patience. Once the kuffar of Mecca called a meeting in which it was decided to kill the Messenger of Allah وسلم, it was plotted that the killing should be executed by five people belonging to five different tribes so that it will pose a formidable task for Banu Hashim to try to take vengeance in the event that they do decide on this course of action, thus compelling them to accept the payment of dia or monetary compensation uh, in lieu of, of, of vengeance for the killing. Uh, this is obviously the, the, the way Kufr thinks. And, uh, uh, you know, while they were stuck in their own worldly uh, plans and plots, Allah Ta'ala had a, had, a different, uh, had a different course of action. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, was informed of this plot via the medium of revelation. Simultaneously, he was granted permission to migrate. To thwart the kuffar, he asked Sayyidina Ali, Karramallahu ta'ala wajhahu, to sleep in his bed. 
the fact that Sayyidina Ali was the one who Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa asked to sleep in his bed. Um, this is a great honor and a great fadila in virtue of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. Uh, he handed over to Sayyidina Ali all the articles of trust which the people of Makkah had consigned to his care in spite of their hatred. And this is also an important thing to remember that justice in all circumstances is the bare minimum that a person who believes in Allah and his Rasul wasallam, gives to other people. It's not a goal or an ideal, rather it's the bare minimum. And so he was Al-Amin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was the trustworthy one amongst them. And so there are even people who hated him and plotted against him by day and night. But those people knew that there was no one more trustworthy with whom to place their trust. So he actually, um, he actually gave those trusts to Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. That once he was gone, uh, he should return them to uh, the people uh, to whom they were owed. He handed over to Sayyidina Ali anhu all of the article of tr- articles of trust which the people of Mecca had consigned to his care in spite of their hatred. After having made this arrangement, he stepped out of his home during the night while the kuffar surrounded his house. Taking a handful of sand, he threw it toward these contemptible people and miraculously he became invisible to them. He went to Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq anhu to take him along. They hid themselves in the cave of Thor where they remained for three nights. In the morning when the kuffar realized that they had been outwitted, their anger knew no bounds. Search parties were sent in all directions. A public announcement was made offering a huge reward for the capture of the Prophet ﷺ, but being in the protection of Allah Most High, he remained safe. After a stay of three nights in the cave of Thor, they set, up, they set out for uh, Medina, the, the, the most pure. And in route to Medina, they stayed for four days in a place called Quba. Quba is a small settlement close to Medina. He arrived on Friday the 12th of Rabi'ul Awwal. He arrived on Friday the 12th of Rabi'ul Awwal. Uh, um, and it's, it's really uh, beautiful. It's sufficient also that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu was the one who Rasulullah chose for companionship at all times. And so <coughs> even, uh, uh, even, even in his immigration, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq was the first one who wanted to immigrate because he knew the, the massive reward there was in, uh, in Hijra. But the Prophet ﷺ kept him back and the two of them, they immigrated together. And Allah Ta'ala immortalized the virtue of Sayyidina Abu Bakr in his book when he, when he said, That Sayyidina Rasulullah ﷺ and Abu Bakr, each of them was the second of two when they were in the cave. Uh, when the Prophet ﷺ said to his companion, do not grieve, Allah is with us. And uh, uh, those of you who have studied Aqidah, our Aqidah is that Allah Ta'ala is eternal and He never changes. So when Allah says that He's with somebody, that means He always was with that person and He is with that person and He will forevermore be with that person. This is one of the reasons that the Ahlul Sunnah, anyone who says bad about Abu Bakr Siddiq after Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala has has uh, indicated his love of him. Uh, and, and, you know, one cannot say that with just means here at this point or pro- whatever. It means something good because it's in Allah ma'ana. How the pro- Allah is with the Prophet ﷺ, that's the same way he's with Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And so whoever curses Abu Bakr or casts doubt or aspersion on his iman, uh, we, we do not consider such a person to be uh, within the pale of Islam. 
Uh, and the, so the two of them, they set off from Medina Munawwara. And another thing to remember is that Thor, the cave of Thor is south of Makkah Mukarramah and Medina is north of Makkah Mukarramah. Meaning what? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam threw the mushrikeen off of his trail. There are a few trackers who were able to figure out what happened, but the majority of the search parties were going in the obvious direction, which is, uh, you know, an invocation of a principle, al-harbu khida'a, that when somebody is trying to kill you, um, you're only, you know, you're allowed to, and it, you're, it's proper for you in that situation to use deception in order to outwit your foe and your, your uh, opponent. Uh, and uh, furthermore, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam they uh, uh, went to Medina Munawwara and they arrived in uh, uh, they arrived uh, in Medina Munawwara on Friday the the twelfth of Rabiul Awal, which is the same day that he was born on and the same day that he uh, passed away on sallallahu alaihi wasallam was the twelfth of Rabiul Awal. So far, a few episodes pertaining to the migration. Uh, and the stay in Makkah Mukarramah have been narrated by way of example. I lack the ability to enumerate these anecdotes and details. Readers uh, too lack the time for such copious reading. In Medina Munawwara, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was plunged into a multitude of different activities. Both social and political affairs devolved to him. The propagation of Islam, the dissemination of knowledge, uh, the sacred law, hadith, going out in jihad fi sabilillah, dispatching delegations to all the rulers of the world, who were, among, were amongst the activities of the Messenger of Allah He also had to deal with the opposition and conspiracies of different groups like the Jews of Medina and the Munafiqeen from the Arabs uh, who were perpetually involved in the creation of obstacles for the nascent movement of Islam. In spite of these numerous activities, the Messenger of Allah would find time for the remembrance of Allah Most High uh, in solitude uh, in the wilderness. When someone asked Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha regarding Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi trips into the wilderness, she replied, yes, he would frequent these valleys, uh, which is sufficient, is sufficient in the way of, of fadila and virtue of, 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 of the haram of Medina Munawwara. Once when he had planned to go into the desert, he sent a rebellious she-camel to me with the instruction, be kind to it, don't be harsh with it, kindness creates beauty in all things. I shall now narrate some anecdotes from the life in Medina Munawwara according to the years in which they occurred. The first year. This was the year when the Adhan commenced. When the Muslims migrated to Medina Munawwara, they encountered difficulty regarding Salat times. The Sahaba would estimate the time for the congregational prayer and gather in the masjid. Since this was a daily problem, the Sahaba sought a solution from the Messenger of Allah وسلم, who had already realized the difficulty. Ultimately, all of the companions gathered to discuss this problem. A variety of solutions was offered. One opinion was to raise a, fly, a flag high up at the time of the prayer. Seeing the flag, all would gather for the Salat. Some suggested the blowing of a trumpet or the ringing of bells, etc. However, since all these methods were prevalent customs of other religions, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, did not approve of them. He said that bells were the way of the Nasara and the bugle was the way of the Yahud. The Prophet وسلم, said that the Muslims should not adopt the ways of the Kuffar. Thus, the problem remained unsolved. And this is part of the, this is part of the fabric of Islam, that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, uh, always made sure that in public there was a way of differentiating the Muslims from others. 
During the time of night, an unseen angel apprised Sayyidina Abdullah bin Zayd radiallahu anhu of the words of the Adhan. Having seen the dream, he hastened to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and said, O Rasulullah, I was partially asleep and partially awake when someone instructed me with these words, meaning the words of the Adhan. Hearing these words, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, sent for Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He instructed Sayyidina Bilal to mount an elevated place and announce these words. When Sayyidina Umar heard this proclamation, he hurried, dragging along his shawl out of sheer exhilaration, saying, O Messenger of Allah, I too heard heard someone reciting these words 20 days ago, but out of modesty I did not inform you. Although it was Sayyidina Abdullah bin Zayd who had heard these words in a dream, the Messenger of Allah conferred the honor of proclaiming the Adhan on Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu. In my humble opinion, Hazrat Shaykh says, uh, this was to reward him for the tremendous hardships he had to endure in the initial stage of Islam at the hands of the Kuffar in Makkah Mukarramah. Although the reason uh, for this preference is said to be the loud voice of Bilal, it is not uh, uh, contradictory in my opinion. And it's a beautiful, mashallah, you want to look at it through the through the lens of tasawwuf, that mashallah, look how high the nisbah of everything is in this deen. Uh, that the words of the adhan, the entire concept of the adhan, uh, it completely like trumps the idea of you know beating a drum or ringing a bell, in the sense that the human voice is the way humans uh, uh, communicate with one another, and so there's a nobility in it, and there's a beauty in it. And uh, on top of that, the very words were conveyed to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum through the medium of ilham and inspiration. And they were ratified uh, through the wahi that came down on the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa Meaning that these words of Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, they're not from this world. They're literally from another world. And uh, if you look in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa at the virtues and the reward of giving the adhan, they're so many and so numerous. Um, that wherever those Mubarak and sacred words that came from above the seven heavens and above the grand throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, that, that encompassed the known universe from all sides, um, that, that those words, anything and a- anyone and anything uh, from the animals and the trees and the rocks that hear them will bear witness for you on the day of judgment. And they literally, they have an effect. That effect goes into the sky and it goes into the soil and it goes into the air and it goes into the water and it makes it Mubarak. Uh, and so we think about the awrad that the that are given to us by the mashayikh, um, most of which are masnoon or from the Qur'an anyway. But uh, think of this, that these are the, the words of the zikr given by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the, the ijazah, the, the, the permission to recite them is am, it's general. Uh, and they have more effect than... Than, than, than any words that a human being could ever come up with. It was in the first year that the fast of Ashura or the 10th of Muharram was made an obligation. However, when the fast of Ramadan were decreed as oblig- obligatory, the fast of Ashura remained uh, uh, recommended. This was also the year that the uh, famous companion Salman al-Farsi uh, uh, ta'ala anhu, and Sayyidina Abdullah bin Salam uh, ta'ala anhu, uh, entered the fold of Islam. Uh, the anecdotes of sacrifice and devotion. So this is Abdullah bin Salam is, was a rabbi uh, of the Jews who accepted Islam. The anecdotes of the sacrifice and devotion of these noble men are famous. In this very year did the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa call his wife Sayyidah Sauda 
uh, and his daughters from Mecca, Mukarramah to come to Medina Munawwara. The brotherhood between the Ansar, the uh, Muslims of Medina, and the Muhajireen, the Muslim immigrants of Mecca, was established in the first year. In Sha'ban of this year, Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha came to live with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, her marriage to the most noble Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam having been contracted some time ago. In the second year, Sayyidah Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha married Sayyidah Ali radiallahu anhu uh, uh, and the items which she received for her wedding were a bed, two sheets, a pillow, two silver bangles, one water bag and two earthenware jugs. Uh, and this is so beautiful. The marriage of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu and Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. The simplicity and the humility, the love, uh, but at the same time the joy and the honor that came from that, 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 that marriage and the barakah that the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa survived from it. And, uh, uh, you know, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa didn't make him graduate from medical school and buy a whole bunch of stuff and she she didn't ask uh, uh, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu for a whole bunch of stuff and Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu also didn't uh, stick his nose up in the air rather they're simple people with hearts filled with iman their happiness came from inside and it radiated outward uh, uh, it wasn't through things or stuff uh, because the uh, jihaz that she received in her uh, in her marriage um, it was very simple uh, but there's nobody who's going to have more honor than inna a'tayna kal kothar fasalli li rabbika wanhar that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave al kothar to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one of the taf- tafasir is Sayyidah Fatima radiallahu anha the mother of al-Hasan and al-Husayn uh, from whom from whom all the progeny of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would survive and proliferate in the earth and be a source of barakah for for not only the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but for, for all of mankind Fasting, zakat, the Eid prayer, zakat al-fitr, all of them were ordained in the second year. Muslims were still facing uh, the Bayt al-Maqdis, uh, the, the, the Masjid al-Aqsa uh, uh, during their salat. This year, the changing of the Qibla was ordained. The house of Allah Ta'ala, meaning the Kaaba, became the permanent Qibla of the Muslims. The very first Eid al-Adha was performed by the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the Eid Gah, meaning in the, 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 the place where they used to pray Eid. And this is something that, uh, I don't know, for some reason it seems not a big deal uh, in, in, in the United States. But uh, um, it's Sunnah according to the Malikis and the Hanafis. And according to the practice of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that the Salatul Eid is not supposed to be prayed inside of the Masjid. Rather, it is even the Masjid of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with its great virtue and the great virtue of praying over there. Um, even despite that, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would take his companions out into the desert in a particular place and they used to pray the Salatul Eid. That place is marked with a Masjid as well. Uh, there's a, an Ottoman era masjid, or perhaps from before, um, that's there. I don't know if it's open or not. It may be getting renovated or, 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 or something like that, or maybe just closed off to the public. Uh, and it's in a place that's very close to the, um, the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ currently. Um, but really in the old days it was out in the desert, uh, as was the Baqi'a, the, 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 the graveyard of Medina Munawwara. And now the masjid, the size of it is probably bigger than the entire old Medina Munawwara was. 
in, in, com in its completeness. Um, but it tells you a little bit about their simplicity that they would go outside uh, and they would pray outside. And it was Yomun Mashhud. It was, a, it was a, a thing to be witnessed by Allah and the angels and the animals and the people, the Yahud, the, the Mushrikeen. Uh, everyone would see uh, that this is the day of Eid of the Muslims. And it would, uh, it would, it would be a source of barakah for that, that most Mubarak of places. The Battle of Badr also took place in this year. In this battle, a very small number of Muslims consisting of 313 faced the Kufar army of 950. Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu was unable to participate in this battle because his wife, Sayyidina Ruqayya, the daughter of the Prophet wasallam, was gravely ill. The Messenger of Allah wasallam, had instructed Sayyidina Uthman and Sayyidina Usama bin Zayd عنهم, to remain in Medina Munawwara and take care of her. Sayyidina Ruqayya died a day before the Messenger of Allah وسلم, reached Medina Munawwara after the battle. Since Sayyidina Uthman anhu, had remained behind uh, on the instruction of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he too was given an equal share in the spoils of war. Uh, meaning that he was a participant uh, in hukum, even if he wasn't uh, physically there. The degree of humility and fear for Allah and the realization of Allah's uh, 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 independence, uh, what they say in Urdu, the beniyaz, not being beholden to anyone or anything, which settled on the Messenger of Allah وسلم, uh, during this battle can be gauged from the dua that he made on the battlefield. In supplication, he raised his hands so high that his shawl fell from his blessed shoulders and tears cascaded down his cheeks and he petitioned the Lord, O Allah, fulfill your promise this day. Today is the day of aid. If this small band of devotees is eliminated today, there will remain nobody in this world to take your name. There are only these few who know you. They are your devotees. Aiding them is your responsibility. The honor of Islam is in your power. It was truly a great battle. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, threw a handful of sand toward the kuffar, uh, uh, saying, Shahit al Wujuh, may their faces be disgraced. Uh, by this command, the sand reached the eyes of every kafir. Beside this miraculous act, the angel, angels and their aid was visible to all. A companion of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, that in this battle, when he was pursuing a fleeing kafir, he suddenly heard the tremendous lash of a whip striking and exclaiming, Oh, hey, zoom, advance. But he could not see the speaker. However, every kafir whom he was pursuing fell dead in front of him. The nose of the kafir was split open and his body had turned green uh, after having been hit with the lash of the whip. A very weak and thin sahabi radiallahu anhu had ap apprehended Sayyidina, uh, 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 Ibn Abbas when the Sahabi was asked about him catch, capturing such a strong wrestler as Ibn Abbas he said that he was aided by a man who he had never seen before nor after again Allah's help was with the Muslims in this memorable and decisive battle hence only five Muhajirin and eight Ansar were martyred they were buried in the very garments they had on their bodies and this is a uh, this is a sunnah that the Shaheed Fi Sabilillah the one, who, uh, uh, the one whose life is given in the path of Allah Ta'ala uh, in battle, uh, that, that one is not to be washed. Rather, he is to be buried in his state that he 
that he embraced shahada and on the day of judgment he will be raised up and the wounds will be fresh and they will flow blood crimson red but it will have the fragrance of musk and it will be a badge of honor in front of the Lord the sacrifice that they made for his sake after the cessation of battle Rasulullah ordered the bodies of the slain kuffar to be thrown into a well uh, by the way, I think this, I'm not 100% sure this book is not very well edited. Uh, I'm not saying it's wrong, but you can check. I don't know if it's Ibn Abbas or Abbas who obviously has written Ibn Abbas in the copy that I have. But the book seems to have some mistakes here and there. So, uh, you know, don't, don't super quote me on it. The original may actually have something else written in it. And it says, after the cessation of battle, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, ordered the bodies of the slain kuffar to be thrown into a well. On the fourth day he came to the well and said, Now you must be wishing, alas, would that we had accepted Allah and his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We have obtained the promise of Allah. Have you too obtained your promise? The messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then reached Medina Munawwara safely. Uh, and this is the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his dignity and his honor and his ghayra and his conviction in the promise of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that uh, you know, he didn't sugarcoat. He didn't sugarcoat that that statement that he gave to them. It said that uh, Sayyidina Umar radiAllahu anhu was actually um, disturbed by the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam talking to the dead, and uh, uh, he he said, "Ya Rasulullah, they they can't hear you." And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Ya Umar, they can hear me better than you can," meaning that when you get to that state, then all the fakery and fakeness of kufr. Um, it's gone. It's, there's no more, I mean, things get very real at that point. And the, the fakeness that people, you know, inject into their heads uh, in order to go to sleep at night, it's, it's completely vanished and it's completely disappeared. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people that, 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 that wake by day and sleep at night uh, and keep as a companion in all states, al-haq jalla wa'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is al-haq and that haq be with us in our eyes and in our ears and uh, in our hearts and in our minds and we never leave it uh, lest we get deluded by the fakeness of this world and it lead us away from Allah and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the reason that Allah ta'ala brought us to this world which is that we should spend these couple of days fasting and praying and uh, making dua and uh, saying, saying our uh, salat and our dhikr and taking the divine name Allah, Allah and saying the best thing that any of the prophets ever said which is La ilaha illallah we spend these few days you know, doing that and then whatever other hustle we have to do on the side to get by, that's fine uh, uh, but that we know that this is, you know, this is the reason Allah brought us here that we do it and Allah accept it from us and that we meet Him in a state that he is happy to see us and that we're happy to see him. And that would mean more, that would mean more to me and that would mean more to any believer uh, uh, than anything that's uh, in this world or the hereafter for that matter. Allah Ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.